0: You are listening to Cornelia Church, passion for God, compassion for people. Well, let's
1: give it up for moms in the house this morning. Well, good morning. My name is Andrew, and this is my beautiful wife, Carrie. I know you can't see her right now, but she really is beautiful, but the lights are going to come up in a moment, and, and then you'll see how gorgeous she really is. Having
2: a, a date in the dark.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Date in the dark. This is what we call this right here. Huh, that's, that's close enough. Good morning, everybody. We're especially pleased to be able to welcome moms uh, this morning. Just thank you for spending uh, the morning with us. In just a moment, Carrie's got a word uh, for you moms, but also for everybody that's in the house. I know that's gonna be a blessing to you. We wanted to take a moment and uh, and just pray for moms. Uh, But before we do that, uh, I just wanna say, first of all, how appreciative. I know many people think their moms were the greatest, but uh, I'm sorry, my mom was the greatest. And uh, I really do, I'm so thankful for a mom who taught me how to love the Lord, uh, taught me how to pray, taught me how to wait on God, how to worship Him. Uh, how to sit in silence, but also how to press into his his presence, and I just and, and she taught me how to laugh, uh, most of all, just taught me how to laugh and enjoy that even in life's brokenness, and uh, the midst of sometimes things that are very painful, that we can still uh, enjoy the fact that God is good always, and that He loves us and He's with us no matter what. And so, thanks, Mom, uh, this morning. Uh, if you're watching online, I'm your favorite, right? I mean, that's that that's the truth. <laughs> Uh, and of course, this lady right here is the mom of our four kids. I think that she's the greatest mom and has been. Any mom fails, none of those Id- things identified no. with you, right? You, no. you, you out never. Out of four
2: children, never yeah. one. No, we do. Uh, two come to mind very quickly, and I won't name. I won't name children, but there was one of our children, uh, one of the boys. I will specify that in between one of the services many years ago. Not, they're all teenagers. They're twenty. Um, but just in between services, I'm walking around and I see that I just see butt cheeks out in the yard. You just dropped, dropped shorts and you're just peeing in the, in the yard. I was like, no. that You were probably proud of that. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: that might be a mom fail, <laughs> but that's a dad success in my mind.
2: And then one of our children, probably at like four months old, rolled down the complete set of stairs in our home. It's It's like stairs and then a platform and then more stairs. And she like went down and then, oh, she, I did it.
1: (laughs) You know, when your kids are little, their heads are heavier than the rest of their body. And so she just kind of led with her head. She got to the
2: platform and then kind of (laughs) wobbled. And I'm like, I got you. And then she just (sharp) kept going down. She's fine. Didn't even take her to the doctor. The fourth one, you don't even take them to the doctor. It's fine.
1: She actually was on stage this morning. She was, she was uh, playing the keyboard this morning. And uh, so she's at least halfway OK. <laughs> <laughs> we know that moms don't have an easy job, uh, but we love and appreciate our moms that are in the house. Uh, you guys uh, give so much. Uh, you, you, so, so oftentimes you give beyond what it seems possible. You give of your time, your attention, your energy and your efforts, sometimes your cash. Uh, and and you just, you, yeah, all the time. Yeah. You just invest uh, in your kids and you invest uh, in a way that is just so generous. And, and we just, we, we just want to tell you and we, uh, that we honor you and yeah. that, that we love you, that moms uh, give life, they're, they're life givers, uh, whether or not moms, you gave life biologically. Uh, or you, you adopted a kid, you're, you are a life giver, mm-hmm. uh, and you speak life into your kids, and you speak life into your families, and, and you bring life and joy into the world. Thank God for, for moms. And we just want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to have every mom in the house stand, if you would, just for a moment, because we want to honor you and want to pray for you. I love it. I love it, I love it, love it. Well, let's just pray for these special ladies in our lives. If, if you're a part of the house, just kind of extend your hand somewhere to a to a lady that's around us. Let's make sure that every mom is blessed today. We're praying not only for these that are in the house, but also for moms that are watching online. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these precious, precious souls, these, these life givers, these women, and these mothers that have been such a blessing to us. Uh, we thank you for their investment that they have put inside their kids and their grandkids. We thank you for uh, an inheritance and a heritage that we have through them. Lord, for all of their energies and efforts, we just pray that you would multiply blessing back to them right now, multiply strength back to them, multiply grace back to them. Lord, wherever they have felt that they have failed, Lord, we just pray that you would encourage them today, that you would lift them up today, that you would give them strength for what they're facing and strength for tomorrow. Lord, we're just praying that our moms would rise to the top, that they would be the of the crop, Lord, that they would feel joy in their hearts, that their life would be full of the goodness of God that would be poured out to them. Lord, we're praying for moms that are dealing with little ones even right now in this season of life. They'd have new energy, new strength, new insight, new wisdom. We pray for moms, Lord, to deal with teenagers and, and issues that they never thought that they would be able to figure out and things that seem overwhelming, that you'd give them wisdom peace and patience Mm -hmm. and guidance. Lord, we pray for moms that are dealing with adult kids and and all the different phases of life and all the things that they go through. Lord, would you just pour out your goodness Mm -hmm. upon them? Would you let your face shine upon them? Would you bless them beyond measure? Would you bring their dreams of their heart out uh, into light and and let them be something that is beautiful every single day? We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in the house said Amen. amen, amen, amen. Thank you, moms. We love you. As I said, Carrie is going to give the word today. Some time ago, she woke up uh, and she said, I think maybe I have, uh, I have, I, I think this is what she said. I think maybe I have to preach on Mother's Day because it's not something that she would ever want to do. Uh, speaking in front of a group of people is not her first go-to thing. Uh, it's not something that she's comfortable with. It's something that she certainly has decided to do because she knows that the Lord has called her to do it. And I would say, babe, you do it really well. And, and you just you're just an amazing... And and so, whether you're a mom in the house uh, or or whoever you are, young person, old person, doesn't really matter. The word that she's bringing to you today is from the Lord. It's something that she's studied, she's labored over, she's prayed over. Uh, It's founded in in Scripture, and it'll bring life to you this morning. And so, I just want you to turn on your ears, take some notes, Uh, make her feel good, make me feel good. But would you welcome, please, Miss Carrie Cromwell?
2: Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day. I do want to say one thing to the ladies first: is get registered for the women's event. You don't want to miss it. Get registered, share it with somebody, invite somebody who maybe doesn't go to church. Um, It's going to be fun. We're having a setup from 5:30 to 6:30. You can come out. We'll have food trucks and fun. We're going to be selling white merch t-shirts that will have print on them and have uh, tie-dye stations. You can tie-dye your own shirt. Um, Isn't that exciting? I know I practiced to make sure we could do it. And I was like, I don't want to develop a message. I just want to tie-dye stuff. So so maybe I'll find someone else to teach. I don't know. I'll just do tie-dye. But we're going to have fun. You're going to want to be there. um, Spring, we're going to celebrate and do all that stuff. We're in a series, a relationship series called One Another. And I think that um, it is very important to understand the foundation of how we show up to relationships. And we each have an inheritance, and that inheritance determines how we relate to others. And we have a physical inheritance, but we also have a spiritual inheritance. And so we're going to talk about both of those today and how they really impact every relationship you have, whether it's to your t- child, to your spouse, to your friend, to your sibling, to your parent, um, to your coworker, So that's where we're going today. Um, I think since it is Mother's Day, we can acknowledge that you, every single person in this room, has inherited something from their mother. And out of that, we share that inheritance, if you are a mother, with your children. If you are not a mother, then you're sharing it with somebody else, whoever you're in relationship with. Let's pray then we'll get started. Father, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you have something um, fresh and new for every single person in this room. Lord, I thank you that your word is alive. God, would you use what you have revealed to me to give life to every person here? Lord, would you um, would you transfer the words that I speak uh, through your voice, Lord, that you would speak to your sons and daughters um, bring your word to life and change our lives through it. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. So we have an inheritance. Every single person has a mother. This is a picture of me and my mother. Isn't she beautiful? That is me. Um, we all have a birth story. I was born July 27th, The year is irrelevant, but the day is important. And I was born in my parents' bedroom by my father. This was before doulas and YouTube videos were around. So I survived, and then it went on, and he delivered my younger brother and sister as well, and they are both living and thriving as well. I do remember during the birth of one of them, because I'm five years older, coming into my room and being like, I need a shoelace, I need a clean shoelace, because he needed it to tie off the umbilical cord, and I thought, probably should have thought ahead and had the supplies that you needed, but we're all alive, he's an amazing man, he he birthed us all, they didn't want to go to the hospital, but a physical inheritance is the reception of genetic qualities, possessions, or trait from past generations. So this is, the, this is what we get from our parents, our grandparents, their grandparents all around. This is a picture of my mom and I um, enjoying our last In-N-Out hamburger together. She loved In-N-Out. I had just taken her to, I think, probably close to her last radiation treatment. And I can tell you that she had um, a Diet Pepsi with a Dr. Pepper topper. That's what she called it. So I learned, I, I inherited from this woman weird combinations. So like cottage cheese and Fritos, amazing. Don't knock it till you try it. Peanut butter and Cheez-Its, also very good. And then sriracha on mostly everything. <laughs> so she, I inherited things from her, right? I, the, and our inheritance is powerful. It forms our actual DNA, but then it also forms how we show up to life. And we inherit good qualities, and we also inherit bad qualities. So when I look at what I inherited from my mom and my dad, um, which then also came from what they inherited, I can, I can look at a project and figure out how to map it out in, in a detailed format. You, I, can, I can Tetris the suburban luggage in just the right way to maximize space. I can tell you a frame is off by a sixteenth of an inch. I'm frugal. I was taught and inherited the ability to balance a checkbook to the penny, even though we don't do that anymore because we don't use checkbooks. But I can anticipate needs. These are all good, amazing things that I get to bring to my relationships. And then there are bad things. And I think sometimes we can all sit and we can see the bad things and the things that kind of trip us up. Um, I have a thread of tendency in my family um, for eating disorders and for addictions, um, for snap judgments and strong opinions that aren't going to be changed. there's, There's tendencies that I have inherited that are not necessarily pretty. We'll say that. And I think we can all say that we do have those. So in all of this mix of inheritance, of the good and the messy and the pretty and the ones that we like and the ones that we don't like, I now have the responsibility, you have the responsibility as we pass on that inheritance in the relationships that we have. I have a responsibility to these four kids to clean up the line, clean up what I'm giving them to inherit, try and show up the best way that I can. Aren't they handsome? I'm now officially the shortest one. I have heels on. They're all very proud of it. Um, but, this <laughs> little 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 lady syndrome. Um, but praise the Lord that there is more than a physical inheritance that I am able to offer my children. So if we talk about this righteous inheritance... And if you follow Jesus, you have an inheritance that the Father has given you, that you have access to. And a righteous inheritance, this is how we will define it. In a theological sense, to inherit means to receive an irrevocable gift with an emphasis on the special relationship between the benefactor and the recipient. So two things here. First one is that that it is an irrevocable gift this inheritance. It will not be taken away. It is always available. You're not going to get grounded and it's going to get taken away from you. You're not going to, you know, we give gifts on a a basis. We give, my kids get privileges and they get things on a basis. And if they don't show up to what I'm requiring, then their phone gets shut off or, you know, they get grounded or their keys get taken away. But this inheritance that the father has for us is irrevocable. He, He will not take it away. And the other thing that stands out here is that it is a relationship. There's an emphasis on the special relationship between the benefactor, God, and the recipient. And that is you and that is me. And so we get this inheritance that gives us ability beyond our ability. It gives us be- ability beyond what we've been given. And we tend to get, up, get, tend to get caught up in our earthly inheritance operating out of that, being minimized by that. But God says that we have more. He has more for us. And this righteous inheritance, it can change everything. So how do you feel about your inheritance? About what you've been given to walk out this life? Have you, you know, traced back your genetic tree to, you know, the fifth generation and you know where everything has come from? Or maybe you don't even know who your parents are um, you don't understand, are you, are you excited and proud of, of your family line, or are you ashamed of it when people ask you, say, oh, well, you know, my parents are, no, know, no, you know. So where, where are you with your inheritance? Because we need to know that we have a different inheritance um, and a different identity, and it's not defined by or limited by who our parents are or are not. It is something that was designed by God himself and offered to us through Jesus Christ. So today we're going to talk about this inheritance, and we're going to spend our time in Ephesians 1. And so you can turn there, or else the notes are on the app. Um, But this inheritance, when I talk to my dad, my dad's getting older, and so I have three questions for him. And if you've dealt with anybody getting older or you want an inheritance, you would want to know a few things. And so I was like, I want to know... Where it came from? What do you have for me, first of all? What are you leaving? Where did it come from? How do I get it? And then what is it going to do to change my life? How is it going to change my life? And so Ephesians 1 answers these exact questions for us about our spiritual inheritance. So first we're going to see where our inheritance came from, and then we're going to see how we receive it, and then we're going to see how it changes our life. All right, are you guys at Ephesians 1? Phone Bible. Okay, we're going to pick it up in verse three. Here's what it says. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance, to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And verse 11 says, Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. This is what God did. This is what he did before the foundation of the earth. And so there's, there's a lot in those few verses. And I want to pull out three very important things. And I think the first thing is that it was even before he made the world, he loved us and he chose us. You are plan A. I am plan A. And I spent a lot of time growing up not feeling like I was plan A and I don't know if you feel like Plan A or Plan B, but there's so much in this world that knocks us into Plan B status. We look on social media and there's FOMO, right? Oh, I wasn't there, I wasn't invited, I'm Plan B, I'm less than. We look at you know, missed opportunities, last picked on the team, You know, all these situations that put us into plan B, maybe it's even the status of how you were conceived or who your parents are or aren't or what they said or didn't say to you that kind of put you on or not on a platform. But God says to you today that you are plan A and he had a gift for you before the foundation of this earth and before you were even born. Your inheritance was set in place and it is irrevocable. What I love about this, parents, your child's inheritance is yes and amen. Your, parent, your child's inheritance is set. It is they have good things coming for them. And it's not based on all that I can do to show up. I influence it, but I didn't make it. I did not make their inheritance. So you are plan A. You get to show up as plan A. The second thing in this is that it says that we are adopted. You are adopted. And when we think of adoption, we think of it as a second best plan. Like, oh, well, that didn't work out, so let's try this. But the full meaning of this word adopted in the original language is actually fully mature and equipped. So at that moment when God said, you are perfectly chosen, you are adopted, he was saying, you're mine, and I now give you everything that you fully need and equip you with what you need to do to walk out this life basically like i'm bringing you into the family and now you have everything that you need it wasn't out of his lack he didn't adopt because he needed something he didn't adopt because he was lacking anything he adopted us and brought us into his family because he loved us so much and so that we would utilize the gifts that he's given us you have what you need in him and you are not less than you are his partner you are his family and then thirdly so you are plan a you are adopted you are accepted i think sometimes we show up to things and wait to see if we're accepted or i accept you based on how you show up or you're, i'm admitting that you're going to accept me or not accept me based on how i show up and god says he accepted us before we were even born he accepted us even knowing that we were going to get dirty and mess things up but that didn't change his heart's desire before the foundation of this earth to accept us completely as we are. Lamentations 3.22 says this, "'The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. His acceptance is fresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him.'" When we understand the foundation, when I understand the foundation, it changes the filter in which I interpret the world, in which we interpret um, offenses that come to us. So I know that if your life is like mine, I get beat up and bruised up sometimes. So I get knocked off you know, my pedestal or I get told something negative about myself or you know, something, and, and we can take that in and it can destroy us or it can become part of our identity, or when we stand on this foundation, we can take it in and see it as a filter of, yes, but that doesn't change my standing or how I was created in the Lord. That doesn't make me plan B. It doesn't make me less than. I am actually a child of God. That doesn't excuse my behavior. I can, you know, pay what I need to pay. But it doesn't change my identity. And when we understand our spiritual inheritance, our identity is fixed and founded on the truth of the word of God that he put into place before the foundation of the world so that he could share it with us. So God had all of this amazing inheritance to give, and he had no one to give it to. So he founded the world, put all of us on it so that he could live in relationship with us and pour out this inheritance. I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty cool. So if the foundation is what everything is built upon, if we don't start with the uh, foundation, then our identity is wavering. And if our identity is wavering, then every relationship that we're in has the ability to become insecure and troubled. And I know relationships are hard enough as it is. So understanding this foundation is, well, foundational. So this is what God did for us. He laid the foundation. And this is God's work, not yours, not mine. I didn't do it. I can't make it. Um, But we get it because he wanted to give it to us. So the foundation is where it starts, but it doesn't stop there. The chapter goes on, and we're going to pick it up in verse 7, how we actually receive this inheritance, and that is forgiveness. Forgiveness forgiveness, released our inheritance. Verse 7 says this, He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us His mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill His own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. And so we see that this is what Jesus did. So God laid the foundation, and now Jesus is here, and we're going to do salvation and the forgiveness of our sins. And I think sometimes we, we skip over this part really quick. It becomes very easy to say. But in this moment, we see the authority of Christ established. And as I was reflecting on this moment and thinking about actually Christ, the moment he died on the cross, um, His last word, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then the veil in the temple was torn. And at that moment, the access of this inheritance became reality. We now had a way to get to it. And that is that salvation is the bridge. Salvation is the bridge. That's how we get to our inheritance. So my inadequacies, my earthly tendencies or whatever, are now redeemed, So I can show up with my physical inheritance that is broken and I can accept his salvation and then I am entered into this relationship of this spiritual inheritance that offers so much more than what a physical inheritance could ever offer. And Christ is the only bridge to that. And as a mother and as a father, as much as I want to secure the salvation for my children, I want to make sure, I want to buy their ticket in, right? I want, I want to buy, I want to make sure my kid gets in the game. You know, we, as parents, as, you know, we can do that. We can tend to try and make ways for our kids instead of allowing them the process of wrestling it out. We have to understand that I am not the bridge of salvation. I can't give my friends salvation. I can't give my siblings salvation. Only God can do that. Only Christ can do that in what he did. But I can be a conduit. I can be a conduit and share that with my children and share that with my people that I'm in relationship. So salvation is the bridge to this inheritance. And then salvation changes our position. Romans 8:17 says, Since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. And if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So when we receive salvation, we become heirs. And an heir is a person legally entitled to the property or rank of another in that person's death. So when when Christ is saying that you are now an heir of mine, he has died and he gave us access to now sit at the same level. So it's not um, God, Christ, and then poor me in all of my mess. It's like, he says, no, at this moment, this is how I see you. This is how the Father sees you because of this bridge. And you now have access. You are continuing the legacy. We are the active and living being of Christ on this earth. We are continuing the legacy. The second part of that is a person inheriting and continuing the legacy of a predecessor. So we inherit the personality and the characteristics of Christ So that we can continue that on on this earth. He shares his rank. He shares his rank with us. And it's a very hard concept because I'm not worthy of his rank. Because I fall short. So learning how to take um, the inheritance that he gives us and put us in our proper place so that we can show up in relationships and show up um, accepted and show up adopted and show up empowered and ready to do his work. And it's all, it's active and alive in my brokenness and in your brokenness today because of salvation. So we don't get to, we don't get to, we don't have to come clean. I don't get all pretty and fixed up first. Um, it It is out of my brokenness and it is because of his salvation. Okay, so salvation, but then there's two, there's a big old and right there. It says, purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Forgiveness frees us. And it can't be left out of the equation. And it is vital in our position, in our inheritance, and in our relationships. And forgiveness is a hard one. Forgiveness is a hard one. And we live lives with gaps. And Christ's forgiveness fills those gaps. And it brings healing. But I think sometimes we put ourselves in the gap. So there is how things are supposed to be. Right? Heaven on earth. Like life is supposed to be heaven on earth. It's supposed to be perfect. There's not supposed to be disease. Every relationship's supposed to be great. We're supposed to be happy. And every, you know, it's like Disneyland, but for real. And then there's reality there's disease and there's death and there's, you know, terminal tendencies and there's things that mess up life. And we put ourselves in that gap. And I think there's two specific gaps that we fill ourselves, we put ourselves in. The first one is, is that we put ourselves in the forgiveness gap when it comes to our relationship with Christ. So Christ offers forgiveness, but we show up and we say, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to receive that. God, your your goodness can't cover my sin. Your goodness can't cover what I did. You, You can cover this one, but not this one. And when we do that, when we operate by putting ourselves in that gap, then the reality becomes we walk around with shame and condemnation and guilt or maybe arrogance and pride because we're better than and we know better or else it's we're not worthy. But God says, I, oh, Jesus, I sent Jesus to cover it all, like to cover it all so that you can walk in the freedom of his inheritance. The other part that we put ourselves in and maybe even more common is we put ourselves in the gap. Of forgiveness in our relationships, um, because relationships are messy. I get my feelings hurt, you know. I'm married. I get my feelings hurt, you know. I have friends. I have siblings. I have a parent. I have coworkers. I get my feelings hurt, or people do you dirty, you know. And so it's just. But when we put ourselves in that gap, when we hold on to unforgiveness, when we don't let people receive the forgiveness of Christ through us. Doesn't mean that they're right. It doesn't mean that you know your offense wasn't valid. Um, But the end result of that ends up being that we walk around in bitterness, and we walk around bound and limited, not only in our relationship with Christ, but in our relationship with those who we are in relationship with. And we have to take ourselves out of that position. I don't know. You know. I I think of the example, growing up, and I think every high school, you know, everybody has to go through this part to where I finally realized that my parents did the best that they could, you know, I, I was, I was angry about a lot of stuff, and, you know, and I, you know, had some unforgiveness, you know, things that, just, shouldn't have been that way, you shouldn't have done, made that decision with me, you shouldn't have done that, you know, and, and it, until I could say, you know what, they did the best that they could do, um, and be able to offer them that forgiveness and that grace, not try and get um, you know, any rightness out of it, but just allow it to be what it was and give them that grace and that forgiveness. Because if I'm going to stand on the foundation that I'm accepted without any need to show up a certain way, and, and that's my right, and that's my inheritance as a daughter of Christ, then I better believe that the person that I'm in relationship with, that I'm unhappy with, that I'm mad at, that I'm holding an unforgiveness, I better believe that they're accepted just as I'm accepted. And if that's how you show up in offense, then you have no other choice but to offer and operate out of forgiveness. So not accepting his forgiveness. I know it's so fun to talk about. It's not fun to do. I mean, let's be real. So not accepting his forgiveness, though, will impact our inheritance. And when I live in the mindset that I have to be perfect and I'm not worthy of forgiveness, then I fall short of receiving the fullness of what God has for me. And then I fall short in walking out as, as his heir on this earth. And then living in unforgiveness with others will impact our inheritance as well. Um, when we hold ourselves and we hold others, it creates an issue with our relationship with God. Matthew 5:23 says, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar of the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, or I would say that you have something against somebody else, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, ask for forgiveness, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Jesus offered the perfect model of forgiveness. And if we are to be his heir, then we are to model forgiveness. And that is how we continue to walk in our inheritance. So maybe you're sitting and you're thinking, or maybe God has brought to your heart areas that you have, have been sitting in unforgiveness with parents, like, like I had mentioned, like coming to a point where you could release your parents from the damage that they did raising you because parenting is very difficult. Like, I'm already telling my kids, like, I will pay for a few sessions of therapy. And beyond that, (laughs) it is up to you to let go of some of the things that you, that I have passed on that you didn't want, that I maybe didn't mean to pass on. It's just the reality of the messy life, right? Um, It's just the way it goes. But forgiveness, and I think this is very important, forgiveness doesn't relinquish my responsibility, Receiving the forgiveness of the Father doesn't relinquish my position of responsibility. Forgiving somebody else doesn't release them from their responsibility. But it places us in the proper position, a position of heir, a position of security and not shame, a position of, of submission and not domination, a position of authority from the Father, and a position of inheritance of His grace and love. And that will change our relationships if we can walk out that. Okay, forgiveness. It's in every relationship, every, every relationship. So our righteous inheritance is secured because it is based on a firm foundation. It is released to us through the gift of forgiveness. And then the third thing that we need to know about our inheritance is that it involves faith. Faith activates our inheritance. Verse 13 says this, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. Verse 16 says, I have not stopped thinking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. This is what the Holy Spirit and you do together. This is what the Holy Spirit and I do together in our lives here on earth. Spirit is God's guarantee, and the Spirit is our partner as we walk out life. So in this, we see Paul asks for two things. The first thing he asks for is that the Holy Spirit would give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that we would grow in the knowledge of our God. We have to continually be learning more of who God is for us, learning more of what our inheritance is. And then the second thing he asks is that our hearts would be flooded with life so that you can be transformed. If you're reading scripture and you come across that so that, that's a good place to stop and read the little part before it and then read the little part after it because it's giving you something and then it's telling you what to do with it. So this thing, he's giving us spiritual wisdom and that our hearts would be flooded with light So that you can be transformed. Because a heart is where the transformation occurs, right? Transformation occurs through understanding. I'm really good at the first time an idea comes to me I will shut it down 16 times sideways one of my inheritance I don't think my husband doesn't like it because he tries to dream with me and I'm like so not gonna work you know but but as soon as I posture myself to grow in understanding I then become a team player I then know where we're going and then I'm on the same page so understanding is what transforms our hearts And so he goes on and he asks that we would have a transformation of understanding in three areas. And the first one is in verse 18. And it says, an understanding of our confident hope. Confident hope, that is unshakable faith in the one who founded the earth, who set up the plan, who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to provide salvation and forgiveness so that we can work out and so that we can live a functional life. I I don't know how people live without Jesus. I don't know how it happens. So we had, this is, this is a faith that nothing, that your reality cannot take, take away from you. Like th- no matter what you're facing, it will never change that you were chosen, that you were accepted, that he's gonna give you everything you need because you're adopted. It's, it will never change your spiritual inheritance. I remember sitting in a hospital bed, Andrew and I, we weren't sitting in the bed. Well, sometimes we were, but it was our son that was in the bed and we were sitting there and we didn't know if he was gonna live or die. And it wasn't fun, but we had to come to a point in our spirit where we said, you know what, God, if you're going to take them, we're going to say, okay, that's not our ask. But we also know that if you take them, that your goodness is enough to cover the pain that's going to be left. And we're going to trust you in that. That is confident hope. That is what you learn. That is what you come to know with a deeper understanding of who he is. So out of that, the second thing that he wants us to understand is an understanding of our position as his inheritance. And I think God's so funny, and I love, love, love this, because we just read the Bible too fast sometimes, but this is what it says, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. We, we want, what are you going to do for me, God? What are you going to do for me, God? How do I get this? What do I do with this? You know, how can I do this for you? And he says, you are my inheritance. And if you are his inheritance, then that means he desires you. And that means he wants relationship with you. And that means he wants you to give him everything so that he can give you everything. We are his inheritance. If I'm in his inheritance, if you're his inheritance, then it changes the way that we show up to things. I think of Cinderella. And, you know, they, you, all the girls are dressed up. They're coming to find their man, and they get all dressed up in their pretties, right? And, and they're presented as this is the daughter of so-and-so, you know? And you know, I grew up in Hamford, and, you know, we don't really present each other like this. Nobody really, maybe some of the people, families, known families, but not mine. Um, you know, but it would change. Like, I'm showing up as the daughter of the King of Kings. So I can show up to any situation because that is who I am. That is what I'm founded on. You can show up as a daughter of the king of kings. You can show up as a son of the king of kings and operate out of that authority. That is our inheritance. And then thirdly, understanding of God's power in us. Know the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. It is the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. The, it is, this word in the original language is actually it's dunamis power. It's dynamite power. It is, it, is, it is blowing things up. It is strong. And, he, and it says, the Holy Spirit, it is in us. It is in us. And I think sometimes we live low-powered life. We need to be recharged. We need to understand the power that is within us, the power that can bring dead things to life the power that can transform relationships, that is alive in us because His Word says it is. Okay? And so that is where we live. That is our inheritance. This inheritance that we get to pass on to our kids, to our friendships, to our relationships, you don't have to have kids to pass on an inheritance. You do it in every relationship you have. But it's much greater than our genetics and our abilities and our finances and our culture. Um... So when we fully understand the foundation of our righteous inheritance and we can operate out of that, when we live in right relationship with Christ and are able to live in forgiving relationships with others, we live out of our spiritual inheritance. When we are fully able to know and have our hope and faith in Christ, then we can become conduits of that and give that grace and love to others that we're in relationship with. Understanding these concepts changes how you show up to life. I can't deny my physical inheritance, it's me, it's who I am, um, but I can, as I continue to align this, you can't change your physical inheritance, we, I remember at one point I was going to change the spelling of my name, because that was going to make a difference, I'm going <laughs> to drop the Y and add an I, just to change my identity, that's not, that's not changing your identity, but when you align with spiritual inheritance, you begin to see less of me and you begin to see more of him, I hope. Like, that's, that's where we're going. I know just this whole concept, um, I've struggled. I mentioned one of our sons was in um, pretty bad shape eight, eight years ago or so. It, ch- it changed how I was able to show up as a mom um, because it just kind of knocked me down for a little bit. And now that we have teenagers, you know, it, become, it became heavier because I'm seeing them become adults. And I'm like, wow, I missed a lot. I missed a lot of opportunities I didn't show up well. I, you know, I, I, I missed it. I missed it. And I, I would talk with Andrew, and I'm like, man, we really messed up. I failed as a mom. Like, we didn't show up. I didn't do this. I didn't play Legos enough. I didn't do Barbies. I didn't, you know, I didn't do this. I didn't tell them that. I didn't spend enough time, you know. And he's like, please stop. You know, stop. Stop. I can come at him with a lot of words sometimes. And it's not fair to him, but he handles it well. But until I came to a point where I... I mean, I was just walking around, it was so heavy, it was so heavy with shame and condemnation, and like, I have failed, I have failed, this is not, I'm not the mom of the resume of the mom that I wrote, that that I was gonna be, you know, and and I fell short, and you know, and and, and I would, I I could see it influencing my conversations with my children, I could see it influencing my conversations with my husband, until finally I came to the point where I was like, God, if this is true, then you understand that I did the best that I could. Yeah. And we show up in our relationships and we do the best that we can. And so when, when I realized that and allowed him to cover that, when I took myself out of the gap and I allowed him to cover that, it, it changed everything because I was able to put myself back on the position of, no, I'm still accepted. I have the things that I need. I miss some things. And that's okay. And I can change that position to, God, will you cover it with your grace? Will you cover it with your grace? I can't go back and change anything. But I can ask for your forgiveness where maybe I should have showed up and I just wasn't able to. And I can ask you to cover it with your grace. And he does it. And it's changed my relationship. So, moms, I want to tell you that you're doing a good job. I want to tell you that you're doing a good job. And I believe that you're doing a better job than your parents did. And I believe that if you tap into your spiritual inheritance, that you will give your children the opportunity to do a better job than you're doing. And then their kids will do a better job than they're doing. And we'll continue the legacy and we'll transform generations. I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to have three women come up. We're going to pray for you in these areas of foundation and forgiveness and faith and then get you
3: to lunch. Well, Ms. Carrie asked me to do a moment of salvation. If you've heard this message and you realize, I don't know if I'm an heir, I don't know if I've ever said yes to Jesus, and maybe I've been in church, or maybe this is your first time, and you want to say yes today, um, this is your moment. I believe that we are saved. There's a moment of salvation, and then we are being saved, and that's where I'm at. I'm constantly being saved by the Lord. And then I look forward to the salvation left. There is still more salvation from the Lord for me. But you got to take that first step. And so if you haven't said yes to Jesus, or you walked away, maybe you said yes to Jesus as a kid, but now you're kind of coming back to him, I just want to invite you to raise your hand, and we're going to say a prayer together. If you need to say yes to Jesus, if you need that first point of inheritance, received, and you want to say yes to Jesus, I see a few hands, and there are people right now deciding to step into that platform of of acceptance, step into that place of surrender to the Lord, I see the hands, I see the hands, Um, I see the hands back there, and so what we're going to do is all of us together are going to say this prayer together in solidarity, and if you're with me and you're that in in the process of being saved daily, we're going to say that all together, just revive our spirit, say, dear Jesus, we accept your forgiveness, I need your forgiveness. I cannot do this on my own. And I want to stop trying. Help me, God. I need you, Lord. I know it's through you that I receive salvation. It's not through my own work. Heal me, God, in my mind, in my spirit, and in my body. I say yes to you You are King and I am not. In Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. 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 amen.
2: Okay. So so maybe so foundation, perfect. Forgiveness. If you are if you are in the knowing that you need to fully accept the forgiveness of Christ, you are withholding areas that you feel aren't worthy to show up yet. Um, But you're ready. Like, Lord, no, I need your full forgiveness. Or if you have people that you know you need to forgive, I'm just going to ask you to posture yourself with your hands upon your heart, that you would just kind of settle yourself into the Father's forgiveness, and Sylvia's going to pray.
0: For two areas, Lord, we just ask, Lord, would you please reveal to us where we have withheld your ability to forgive us of something, of some shortcoming, of some sin. Lord, forgive us. Let us receive every bit of the forgiveness. Let us realize that you purchased that forgiveness with your son's blood. That he he can take all of it. So God, reveal to us where we have said, no, you can't forgive that. We want all of your forgiveness, Lord, every bit of it. Reveal to everyone who is hearing my voice where they have not allowed God to completely forgive them of this or that. Because, Lord, as Carrie said, when we comprehend and release all of that and allow you to forgive us of everything, we can't help but extend it to others. So I know when I was praying earlier, God, you revealed two names of two family members that I have withheld forgiveness from. And I pray you will do that for all of us here, God. Show us where we have, forgi- we have withheld forgiveness. where you have allowed bitterness to step in. God, let us release that. If you'll take everything from us and forgive us, let us also extend that to others that we are in relationship with. Right now, Lord, we just release it to you, God, in Jesus' name, because he paid the price. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: And then the last area of faith, if you need to expand your understanding, grow deeper into your spiritual inheritance, perhaps you've felt the Lord nudging you like, hey, this is your next step, and you have just been resistant. You know, he is calling us into more to activate that power within us. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to kind of just to posture yourself in a position of receiving. And Dove's going to pray.
4: Father God, we come before you with our hands outstretched, humbly, but yet with our hearts filled with joy to receive this irrevocable inheritance. This inheritance that comes from you. And, Lord, I ask, God, as we press in with faith, you said if we have faith as the size of the grain of a mustard seed, that we can say to mountains be moved. And so we ask that the Holy Spirit, that dunamis power now, would um, just break up any um, blockage in our thought processes and any um things that we've taken on that would lie uh, to us and say that we cannot receive this inheritance. Lord, we, uh, we just claim your word now, and we receive by faith. We ask that you would um, illuminate to us everything that you have for us, that our understanding would just be broadened, Um, And every aspect and everything that you have for us, oh God, it is with joyful hearts we receive from you today. And we say thank you for this inheritance, this rich inheritance that you have given and placed in us today. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the message, and we hope to see you on a Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Visit us online at kchamford.com, and if you want to support our ministry, click Give. Cornelia Church, passion for God, compassion for people.